Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And we're live. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, uh, tough week in professional wrestling here, eh, bud? Well, it was. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Um, those, the Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, rest in peace to both of them, came back-to-back days. Back-to-back days, and both very – I mean, I, I guess I wasn't familiar with Terry Funk stuff, but Bray Wyatt's was still a – Very unexpected you know, and yeah, sudden. Yeah, 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 not publicly known. Um, yeah, uh, um, obviously we just want to echo what Bo said. Rest in peace, Terry Funk and Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, who we know him as. Yeah, obviously the Funker was – I think 89 years old, you know, you know, that one certainly wasn't as shocking, but yeah. still obviously r- rippled through the wrestling world. I don't know how much before we kind of dig into Bray Wyatt a little bit, because certainly, you know him. What do you know about Terry Funk? I, I don't think we've that. seen any. Have we did we watch a Chainsaw Charlie match by chance? No, I, that I was his like alter ego briefly. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, okay. I think like like that name just looks like it's associated with something from that era of wrestling. You know, so like it just kind of seems to slot right into sort of my knowledge of it. But um, yeah, I don't recall us watching any unless it was like the 98 Royal Rumble. He was Chainsaw Charlie and uh, Mick Foley came in as Cactus Jack one and two. And they he had the chainsaw and they had mm-hmm. weapons. So it was like a very unique, fun way to start a rumble. So unless we had watched that, probably hadn't seen much Terry. Funk, no, I, but- I, don't, I don't think I have. Like I said, I feel like I knew of him and knew that he was associated with wrestling. Yeah. That's the extent of it, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, he was, I think, from Amarillo, Texas. Yeah, um, he was built from there. I've got his yeah, part of there. a legendary family, mm-hmm. his father, Dory, his brother, Dory Jr. Um, they were both big in, like, all Japan in the 70s and 80s, like, early all Japan. And I've mm-hmm. watched a match with those two tagging together, yeah. honestly, in the last two, three months, probably, and the crowd went fucking nuts, wow. like, for these young American kids at that no. time. I think it was like 1976 and the crowd was going insane. So, And it's crazy to look at like these pictures. Cause there's a picture of him with his brother, Dory from 1973. And then with uh, Pedro Morales and Dory Funk seniors, so that's his father, the one you just mentioned. And they're these grainy black and white photos. You know, it seems like that's just from like a far beyond era that like, I don't think we've really touched on. Yeah, at least I don't know if these pictures have been done up at 1973. And oh, I mean, my my 70s wrestling knowledge and viewing is incredibly limited. You know, I know Funk initially from when he was Chainsaw Charlie, which was a very brief period, like late 97, early 98 WWE. But that's when I was watching as a kid. So, of course, I remember him there. Yeah. And then certainly over the years, you know, have gone back. He had a pretty legendary feud with Flair in 1989 in NWA slash WCW. I actually watched. They have an awesome I quit match from that feud that I recently watched after Terry passed away. Meltzer had given it five stars, which back then was obviously a bigger deal than it is today. But Yeah, he uh, he turned on Flair like very dramatically after Flair had gotten the title back from Ricky Steamboat in their incredible rivalry, which 1989 was Ric Flair's year for sure. But then he went right into the feud with Terry Funk and, like I said, was a legend in Japan, deathmatch guy, you know, did it all. 
Um, yeah. He and Foley had had like a exploding barbed wire death match in Japan in the mid nineties. So again, he was relevant for three, four, you know, yeah, three yeah, plus three decades. decades. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah, that's very impressive. And yeah. I recently like different iterations of, you know, cause WWE or WWF is organization, even in the nineties was way different than I guess his first run with 85, 86, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I mean, he kind of was there for that whole ascendance. And yeah, he was obviously all, he was never really like a WWE guy or a WCW. Like he was all over the place. And like I said, as big in Japan as anywhere. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, obviously uh, this is the first time we've recorded in three weeks. We've been a little, yeah. uh, a little less frequent, but I think we've got some stuff we can be digging into here yeah. in the future. Yeah, no, we definitely can. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting this back on more of a try to get more regularity with it. I know we've had just kind of a lot of just chaos and our schedules, you know, not aligning, which I'll have an update on that here in a bit, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, let's talk a little Bray Wyatt. I mean, obviously this is a guy that, you know, I was as a fan had seen from the moment he came up until now and, you know, had such an incredible career, such a unique guy. I mean, people forget he started as Husky Harris. Husky Uh, Harris. Yeah, a horrible name, but, you know, he obviously made the best of it. That was in, like, when NXT was still almost like a game show type of deal, Mm -hmm. and they, like, were paired with mentors, and his might have even been Cody, if I recall correctly. wow. But then, you know... That kind of fizzled out, you know. He's doing the Bray Wyatt thing, and mm. might have even been FCW still, but NXT. And I'd kind of like only started hearing about it because I didn't really mm. follow that. And then when they came up to the main roster, and you just see the video, you know, the Backwoods video. It's like season one, uh, fucking what's True Detective type uh, vibes. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of like very like Southern, that gothic. Yeah, yeah. Cult, culty backwoods, mm. like preachy, yeah. but. Again, it took very, on a very specific, though, like a striking yeah. a very specific note, you know, that that is there that is ingrained in kind of like that Southern Gothic, you know, kind of like literature and, and, and just stuff true to you know, all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, you're, you're right. It does kind of like strike that very particular note. Yeah. And it really just kind of took on a life of its own. You know, the Wyatt family ended up forming with um, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper also rest in peace like when i saw the picture someone posting the picture of wyatt and harper together it's like man this fucking sucks like i think they were both 36 i think when they passed brody may have been a slightly older Mm -hmm. but both with so much more to give both still frankly were in the prime of their careers you know brody lee was doing the best work of his career and wyatt obviously had just come back you know after a long time away and really only had i think there was just that one match that pitch black match with la Knight, the mountain dew pitch black which that he had since his comeback yeah yeah well, you know they were obviously kind of taking their time with him you know there was the whole rumor of they were doing you know the uncle howdy thing was already happening and they were kind of doing like a wyatt family 2.0 that unfortunately never we you know we obviously never get to see and yeah he kind of went away for a while and you didn't really hear anything and i think i remembered seeing something that he'd had an illness or whatever but like i think everyone assumed he was going to come back at some point and yeah. to get the news like i think tom texted it on a group chat i'm on because we were talking about uh terry funk the day before and i th- i was at work and he said something like holy shit now bray wyatt and i'm like what like that I googled yeah, it. I'm yeah, like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah like just no, shocking. Like, 
yeah, that's the one that's just like, yeah, like pretty staggering, you know, pretty surprising. And I know they said it was a, a COVID related thing too. So obviously something that's just kind of post 2020 kind of thing. Yeah. I guess and, he had yeah. had some sort of heart issues, got COVID, which exacerbated said heart issues. And yeah, it's regardless, it's terrible. And yeah. obviously, uh, all the best to his family and friends and everyone. And yeah, just a, a tough situation. And interestingly enough, SmackDown, which I have not watched yet, I'm definitely going to watch, but have not had a chance to, was here in Louisville. And we had talked about going for a while and just mm -hmm. never ended up happening, but sure would have been a great one to go to. And I'm, you know, looking forward to watching the show, but I know it'll certainly be a tearjerker. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, any uh, final thoughts on uh, Bray Wyatt or, you know, anything on that regard? No, I mean, you know, rest in peace. And again, yeah, like I said, just to, just to, you know, for Bray Wyatt, I can't speak as much to Terry Funk, but Bray Wyatt just, you know, just really great performer, just really distinct sense of identity, you know, just kind of, you know, like I said, just real, real unique, just kind of whole wrestling persona and will be missed. Yeah, he was as close as The Undertaker, I think, as we'd ever really gotten. Yeah, I mean, a different yeah. vibe, but that kind of like, aura you yeah, know the it's darkness. Dark, dark mystical yep. yeah kind yep. of thing yeah well rest in peace terry rest. funk and bray wyatt rest in peace you ready let's do it Buster Boys, episode 116. My name is Brett Jagger, along with the Jewel, Beaumont Ram. <laughs> Johnny Jewel. I don't know what the coughing is today. I think it's because you know, when I got home, it was a whirlwind because I took today off work just because I've had just a hell of a week. You know, I guess this just kind of underscores just sort of what my life's been like lately. You know, um, schools come back and I've had to work on Fridays, which are normally my like podcast days were the two others I edited. I kind of work on that. But since I've had to work those Fridays, it's pushed all that work to Saturday. So I've had to work like four or five hours on Saturday. And then Sunday, you know, we have our uh, wrestling show and I went out on Saturday. So, you know, Saturday was action packed. Start off Sunday, action packed, all in. Great. We go out to eat and then I still have podcast stuff to do. So after we leave O'Shea's, I like go and do work until like. 10 or 11. So I got up this morning and my mom, I had mentioned like that all this was going on to my mom, my boss and insurance. She was like, well, if you want to use a PTO day on Monday, let me know. And kind of like, as I was, yep. asleep, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I yeah. did. And just kind of came here and got classes planned and just kind of sat for a little bit and just kind of. Uh, a out. nice, uh, call yeah. it a mental health day is a, yeah. uh, always a nice little treat it is and, and funny, so students now i don't know if you knew that like it's like kentucky state law where students get two mental health days where you can just as a student be like i'm taking one of my mental health days and you can just have a excused absence from school that's good yeah it is good i'm I sure, I'm sure good. most of them probably aren't used for mental health oh, but yeah, I imagine again, to have that uh you know yeah. perk is a good thing right yeah and i mean you know but yeah it seems like that's a neat thing to have i wonder if teachers have it but 
we don't have subs at the Elite Academy, so uh, so we we truck on through. Son of a um, bitch. Unless you have laryngitis or COVID, which I've had both separately <laughs> in the past year. So whatever. All right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, you know, my schedule has been as shitty as always, but as you know, I quit my job <laughs> and I'm moving back to Northern Kentucky yes. after a brief little six month sabbatical here in Louisville. Got a relationship that's going quite well. Yeah. No, her, no. Uh, uh, up there, you know, a month after moving down here. And as that was going better and the job was going worse, uh, here yeah, we are. Really so. well, well, obviously, you're going to be missed, first and foremost. But second, just seeing you all hanging out yesterday, I'm really happy for you guys. You know, thank you. you yeah. Know, you all seem to deeply enjoy each other's company and have fun. Yeah, it is. Like and I said, yeah, I want to give it a true shot where we're actually in the same city and, uh, see what happens but yeah uh, but yeah so hopefully i mean obviously the shitty part of this is having to find another job again and go through that whole rigmarole as i've kind of been in that mode for the last like year and a half plus but you know obviously i feel good about the decision and uh it'll all work out at some yeah, point yeah no, oh yeah i'm sure it will but uh, hopefully, whatever job I get, you know, the schedule won't be as bad and we'll yeah. be able to align more for this and be more on yeah. a weekly basis. Oh, yeah. I think it's been this is our second what second time it's been like a three week little hiatus. Yeah, yeah. Summer, no, no, right? no, no, no. This summer, this summer's definitely had its challenges with finishing the story, yeah. you know, with, with just kind of everything, which the story just to give everyone an update, the script is finished. We just got to get people recorded. Um, you know, like I said, two, it's just two yeah. more, right? Vince in the machine. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so yeah, we just got a couple more of those, and then, and then It'll yeah, probably be either what next week or the week after. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we'll, depending on what kind of the, how the Labor Day situation shakes. We'll obviously me. have all out this weekend, which I don't think either of us will be watching live because I will likely be at Lake Cumberland, and I know you've got a fantasy football draft and other things. But Is it on Saturday or on Sunday? I think it's Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Which I, as of now, I think I'm planning on being at Cumberland Saturday and Sunday. So I would probably end up watching that Monday and then maybe yeah. we could some, you know, record sometime midweek. But in addition to that, I was thinking we could either do mm-hmm. so I had uh, and we'll get a little more into this. I started or watched most of the original All In from 2018 uh-huh. in Chicago, which I was at and is one of the best live event experiences of my life. Yeah. And I, you have not seen that, correct? No, I've. Um, have we watched maybe a match from it? I, I assume it's on YouTube, right? I don't. It was at one point. Now it's on it because it was technically a Ring of Honor, like Ring of Honor production produced the show. Uh-huh. Um, it's on like the Ring of Honor app now. Can you hear uh-huh. Miles? By the way, <laughs> yeah, I think I heard something. Some sort of <laughs> he's just chirp. yelping. Yeah, some chirping um, in the background, but. Obviously, a very, very important show to me, you know, the precursor to what we're going to be talking about here. Um, So either that or we could do some sort of Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, you know, attachment to All Out. But yeah, we've uh, we I know we've still got a Paul Heyman appreciation episode planned here in the future. So uh, hopefully, like we said, we'll be a little more uh, consistent here as we kind of get out of the summer months and uh, cruise our way into fall and uh, figure it out. Yeah. 
I guess let's talk about football season right around yes. the corner. You're going to hear a little bit more about that in our Manscaped ad later on. on. Oh, yeah. But, we have the, uh, it's the fantasy. Is it football or fantasy? I forget what that is. Yeah, fantasy means. football. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had my fantasy draft last weekend. Yours is this coming weekend. Obviously, college football, I guess, already kind of soft kicked off. But really, what this upcoming weekend is kind of the yeah, first yeah, yeah. Weekend, right? yeah. Last weekend's like week zero, you know, yeah, just, which is bizarre. Yeah, like, just well, call it week one. What is? I mean, and there's like hardly any games. Like they had that Notre. Like I don't think there's a ranked matchup. Like I'm surprised no. we didn't, like stick something on there that would like draw. Yeah, some like football. something. But I'm mm-hmm. guessing they probably still got decent ratings just because people are yearning for football. But yeah. Um, what Louisville's got their first game is is it at home or at Georgia Tech? No, no it's at, it's in Atlanta. It's at the Falcon Stadium, so it's oh, okay. a GT home game. But yeah, it's at the yeah. Falcon Stadium instead of and that's there. Friday night. You said it's Friday at seven thirty. Should be a fun season. Old Jack Plummer at the helm Jack here. Plummer, yeah, no, I'm pretty. This is the first time in a while I've been like actually legitimately just pretty generally overall excited and optimistic and yeah because well, I mean, we got thought, that butthead scott Satterfield. oh god yeah well i'm like i was thinking the last time we had a coaching change it was off a two and ten season and then i mean hell like satterfield that first, first year, year obviously was yeah, great yeah but it was a big surprise because everyone thought we'd be just as bad we were picked to finish last in the acc so it didn't really from a hype standpoint get better than that and i think that was just no. really speaks to just the whole kind of satterfield vibe around the program you know <laughs> yeah just Thank you, University of Cincinnati. Yeah, just all, all very mid. Yeah, I'm curious that, that like I'm definitely going to be tuning into some of their games this year to see how they do. I mean, obviously Big Twelve, see how that goes. That's going to be big step up um, week to week. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I think they're, they're they're not projected very high either. I think they're no. pretty, you know, like well, yeah, obviously. Well, I guess there are 14 teams this year with Oklahoma and Texas. So I think oh, they're yeah. projected to be like 12th or 13th. Is this the last year for those two teams? Yeah, but then like uh, – I know it like reshuffles. Yeah, 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 the whole reshuffling I think really occurs next season. I'm not too as, – as into college sports mm-hmm. as I used to, but obviously I know it's all going on. But I don't know who ended up where because it seems like everyone moved. But And then I guess real quick, got to mention, Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, Super yeah. Bowl or bust, baby. Super Bowl or bust again. Yeah, I mean, I'd say even more so this year. I mean, you know, as we went through the whole Super Bowl run two years ago, obviously that was not a fluke, but kind of house money at that point. Unexpected. Last year, it's like, okay, you know, we lose to the Chiefs in that heartbreaker, but now it's, you know, offensive line's better. You know, pretty much everyone's back except our two starting safeties, which, you know, they signed Nick Scott, and then Dax Hill was drafted first round the year prior. So, you know, Burrow had that calf injury in preseason, but I don't yeah, think where's that's he at now? Be... I haven't kept up with it. I remember when that They've happened. They've kept pretty quiet about it, but I mean, it seems like he's going to be just fine. You know, ready for week one. Yeah, so going to be exciting. I'll be working all the home games again. I think we're at Pittsburgh week one, which will are we? Be... Are we starting the Steelers again? Yeah, Pittsburgh. It was home last year when they surprisingly beat us and yeah, yeah, at yeah, Pittsburgh and then we've got Cleveland the home opener and then the Rams is Monday night at home that's the first three games um, so well it appears at least from what I'm seeing here Sunday September the 10th it's the Bron- we're playing at the Browns or Browns I'm sorry that's correct yeah, and yeah. then it's home is it Ravens. so what's home. game two then Ravens home, home against the Ravens okay. home against the LA Rams that's right I knew it was two there. division teams but yeah I, I goofed yeah. on that there yeah, that's kind. Of, yeah, that's kind of where it is. So yeah, we played those two division teams, and then we 
Play a bunch a, of the it's NFC. It's a relatively soft early part of the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Especially no, getting Baltimore at home. You know, obviously that's not going to be an easy game, but then the Rams, you know, Super Bowl rematch there at home Monday night. Yeah, then at ain't Ten- fucking losing that game. Yeah. Then at Tennessee, at Arizona, home Which, against Seattle, at the 49ers, home against the Bills. And then kind of after that, I mean, we really – the Chiefs are the second-to-last game again. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, really, it's very manageable schedule, I think. You yep. Know. Yeah. 13-4, and four, baby. Let's go. Let's, let's do it. But, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And, yeah, anything else before we uh, dive into all-in here? No, that's about it. Go football. Go football. And I got to mention, I'm wearing the shirt. Reds, you know, still in the hunt here. I think they're yeah. – uh, game and a half out of the wild card the brewers have won eight straight and have really kind of taken hold of the division but you know uh it's still been very very fun as we've kind of talked about on this program here but uh i'll be what they play the giants tonight so it's like a 9 30 start here so i'll be watching that later on as i'm making din din and whatnot but uh And then I guess might as well mention FC Cincinnati had a hell of a game against Messi in Miami last week mm-hmm. in the uh, U.S. Open Cup semifinal. Jumped out to a 2-0 lead at home and ended up losing in PKs 3-3. I, fortunately, we were like very slow at work, and I was I got to watch like almost the entire game, and it oh, was awesome. an incredible game to watch. I don't know if you caught any highlights or anything, mm-hmm. but. It was pretty sweet, but then they got a nice MLS win last weekend. Still in first place. Okay, I was about to ask, are they still in first place? Oh, yeah. In the league, I mean, it's going to be hard for anyone to take that one seed from them or what they call the supporter shield Shield. in MLS. It's like the regular season title, essentially. Mm -hmm. So and then it's a trophy for it. And and are the playoffs single elimination? It is, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I think it's eight. It's either – I think eight teams per – conference i believe so so it's like the nba yeah i think so but yeah fun stuff today we're here with a sponsor for your bouncing bundle of joy no we're not talking about a baby we're talking about your baby makers that's right today's show is brought to you by manscaped But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's Platinum Package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com. And use our code BBB for 20% off plus free shipping. Tell what an internal rhyme that introduction has. I, it's, a, it's, it's about time for that rhyme um, to chime. Oh, it was pretty yeah, sublime. Yeah, really chime. Um, but let me tell you what really shines. Uh, the Manscaped Platinum Package mm. 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with Elite Products. Inside this platinum package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trevor, the classic Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the good old Shed Travel Bag for good measure uh, to hold your goods while traveling. I do have to say, um, 
uh, of their body wash, um, there's um, two kinds. There's the Persevere and the Refine. Um, I think it's the Refine, uh, the Refine, which is the blue one um, that has the blue labels mm. on it. And I'm a big fan of that one. I know that. I don't yeah. think I've had that one. I think well, I've only next had time, the other one. Um, we get product or if you want to get some from you should definitely try the the blue kind i think it's the the uh persevere it, i don't know if it's the persevere or the refined flavor, but yeah the blue one is really good um uh anywho the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess in addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. With that body wash, get the blue one. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. And don't forget to apply their aluminum-free Ultra Premium Deodorant for that cologne quality scent on the go. Another internal rhyme. Platinum Package 4.0 covers all bases from head to toe. <laughs> and hair to ball. And hair to ball fro. <laughs> Tremendous. We got yeah. Yeah, and I'll just I'll just add. I've been using the beard hedger yeah. a heck of a lot recently. It's a heck of a trimmer. You don't have to switch blades. All you do is just change the number setting. Mm. Real nice. But get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code BBB at Manscaped.com. What is it? Twenty percent off, free shipping, Manscaped.com. Using the code what? BBB. Use the platinum package. Because the gold standard is no longer good enough. Is that a dig at Shelton Benjamin? Your balls will thank you. Yeah, his nickname oh, was the yeah. gold standard. I don't know. He might have something yeah, to yeah. say about that. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sullivan, you're regular Emily Dickinson, I got to say. <laughs> Your balls will it, thank you. It's the blue you. body wash. It, it, is, it does smell really good. But, yeah, no, it was one of the things where I was like, I need some new body wash, and I'll put my Manscaped money into it. So I bought the blue stuff but the blue stuff has like a very nice distinct smell okay all in london from fucking wembley Fuck is maxwell's yeah God, that was screamed at the top of his lungs there are two there are multiple f-bombs yeah he yeah. had multiple i think alone in the yeah, yeah. and at the end when he was like you piece of shit fuck you yeah. <laughs> like um but yeah what it i didn't i don't remember the exact attendance figure but i remember 80, 80, 81,000 yeah. and change um the most paid attendance ever for a wrestling show which i'm sure will be topped by wwe when they have wrestlemania there in a couple years which hasn't been announced but you remember was it SummerSlam or no money in the bank was money in, in bank, london yeah. and they trotted cena out yeah. And you know Vince, even though you know he's not truly, truly no. running things, he ain't gonna let that record stand. No, no. <laughs> well, especially that AEW is gonna double. I mean, I guess coming spoiler, back the next gonna, year, yeah, 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 doubling down on it. Um, the next two years, yeah, or the next year, next so two year, years in a yeah. row, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, like I think that's definitely gonna even add more fuel to the fire. So, so yeah, I think they're gonna be getting um, WrestleMania in London ASAP. Yeah, yeah. I think so too um but yeah so we kick off we'll just briefly talk about the pre-show here because obviously the first match had some stakes for the main event not 
actual stakes, but it's like, oh, what's what's going to happen here? Included the guys who were involved in the main event. Yeah, and admittedly, we were both uh, kind of dragging ass for the oh, early, yeah, yeah. early part of the show. We were. <laughs> um, but we definitely caught some life later on. But yeah, um, Aussie Open unfortunately jobs out to MJF and Cole in like seven minutes when, you know, what was very fun. I mean, I love those guys. I wish they would be getting treated with a little more respect, but Mm. I also get, you know, why this is happening, but I was of the belief that, you know, MJF and Cole losing this would create more tension for the main event, but with the direction it ultimately ended up going, you know, I understand why they went this way and, I presume they're still going to be tagging together and defending those Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champs, at least in the near term here. So, yeah, yeah probably. Oh, it yeah. Makes sense for them to win that. But I just, as a big Aussie Open fan, and, you know, in AEW, we haven't really gotten to see the best of them. It's just disappointing that, you know, they, they just won these titles and they lose it in seven minutes on a fucking pre show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a little bummed out by that, but uh, they'll be fine. They're great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, highlight of the match, I think, was MJF hitting the kangaroo kick, which yeah. has been kind of built up in recent weeks. So uh, that was fun. But yeah, I mean, you got anything to say on this? Uh, nothing real. I mean, you know, like you said, it was kind of disappointing to see them just lose so quickly, but also surprising that MJF and Cole would kind of take it, which I guess makes sense considering how things ended up that, you know, there would be there's going to be kind of more more story to that. Um, but but yeah. You know, like I said, all told, you know, I mean, a decent opener. But, yeah, like almost too high of stakes for what the stage was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely an interesting choice, you know, putting them in the opening match and the closing match. But, you know, it's a good way to get eyes on the pre-show. Please, you know, it yeah. seemed like a pretty full crowd, you know, even from this match. I mean, obviously, people were still filing in. But, man, I've remarked multiple times. It just – it looked so awesome. You it know, did. Just, well, and, set and up like- – it looked full everyone you know you mentioned the fans like behind the hard cam were so like densely packed well, in. Once, and, and like you could kind of look backward and you could just like usually in, like in sort of the head-on view um you can see the kind of fans that are on the floor mm-hmm. like kind of go back but then you see the bleachers start but you yeah. couldn't see where the bleachers started at Wembley it was just people standing yeah, and obviously a very hot crowd all night you know they popped big for the kangaroo kick here but I mean, we'll talk more about it after the main event, but we'll be interesting to see what MJF and Cole either together or separately are doing it all out because as we stand right now, you know, neither of them have a match yet. I think there's been like five announced matches and we'll get to it. But yeah, I don't know if they'll be defending the ROH tag titles. If MJ, like I doubt they're going to do a rematch here, you know, with these two. Yeah, With the way it ended up, like I there's clearly more fuel in this story and I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. You know, yeah, that, 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 that exists on like a weekly TV basis. Yeah. You know, not something that's going to be, something's going to happen here. And then the next pay-per-view, like the opposite thing happens or there's a big twist. You know, I think it still has time to simmer, you know, sure. um, on, on television. So. Absolutely. And it's been riveting, I yep. think, you know, and, and the main event kept us fucking guessing, you know? So yeah, good stuff. I, for one, thought it would go a different way, but I'm happy that it's continuing because I think there's still more juice to squeeze here. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
And then in the other match, we had uh, Hook defeating Jack Perry to regain the FTW championship. But the story coming out of here, which we did not discuss yesterday, and I don't know if you have seen, there was a backstage incident between Jack Perry and CM Punk. Punk. Big shock. What an asshole. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure Perry probably, you know, there's conflicting reports. I don't want to get too into it. I'm not saying Jack Perry did nothing. But it's just the fact that the shit just keeps happening with CM Punk. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking ripping this company apart. Mm-hmm. And I fucking hate it. So yeah. yeah. And like and like what 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 are the kind of intricacies of what happened with it? You know, like there's multiple sides of the story. So what it really boils down to, there's a report that came out a week or two ago on a recent episode of Collision. I guess there was a spot that Jack Perry wanted to do with glass. And he wanted to use real glass and punk basically said like, no, keep that shit on Wednesdays or something like that. Yeah. And I, you remember how he, they slammed each other on the car windshield in this match. I didn't catch it live, but I guess he like turned to the camera and said something about it being real glass. Yeah. So then obviously directly a shot at punk. So mm-hmm. apparently after the match, there was some sort of scuffle and remember punk let off the show. So, uh-huh. like, there was only, like, 10-ish minutes in between the end of Perry's match and the opener. Mm-hmm. So, it apparently happened in that span of time, like, to the point where they were almost going to have to, like, reshuffle the card. But yeah. words were exchanged. Sounds like maybe Punk, like, put him in a headlock, and then it kind of fizzled from there. There was someone said punches were thrown. Someone mm-hmm. said they weren't. Who gives a fuck? Like I said, I just hate that this shit keeps happening. And mm-hmm. it's just not good for the health of long-term health of this company. And no. I Especially still like CM Punk's like still around and, you know, is featured on the main TV show. And on, can pretty on- much do whatever he wants. I mean, it sounds like he's got a lot of power on that show and how that show plays out. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's just unfortunate. I mean, I still love AEW, but it is a far cry from where it was two years ago at Mm. this point. And I really, we've talked about it. I just think the purity is gone. You know, the soul has been sucked out and it's, it's just hard when you have a clear fucking division here. Yeah. I think that's what made it so great from the get go is like, it was kind of like a family and everyone's in Mm. this together and it's the new thing and you're, you know, fighting to be the best. And Mm. I don't know. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But with that, we'll go to the main. (laughs) Yeah, let's go to it. Which which, which had Phil Brooks, CM Punk, defeat Samoa Joe for what they're calling the real AEW World Championship. But what I call it on my spreadsheet is some bullshit fake belt. Yeah. So uh, Punk wins in 13.58. Again, guy's still a heck of a wrestler. I mean, I'm not going to take that away from him. He's had some... You know, his first comeback had some incredible matches. This go-round's had some very solid stuff. So I'm not taking anything away from CM Punk, the wrestler. Um, I really enjoyed this match, largely because of Samoa Joe. I thought Samoa Joe was amazing. Um, He really took it. He really worked the crowd really well. Yeah, he was definitely treated as the babyface here. Um, You know, he did his classic, like, walk-away spot multiple times when Punk tried to drop, and he'd just kind of give, like, two steps gingerly and walk away. I mean, he really took it to him for, like, the first half of this match, threw him through, like, the lower part of the announce table, 
which then he came up all bloody, um, which was obviously kind of the theme there. Uh, But no, I thought Joe was awesome here. Um, Punk obviously was, you know, pretty good himself. Hit the the big Pepsi plunge. Uh, I can't remember if it was middle rope or top rope to get the win. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's a good wrestler. Great seller. You know, he's, you know, good storyteller in the ring. I just wish the backstage and side bullshit wasn't happening and I could enjoy it more. But uh thought this was a good opener for the show, though. And all credit to Sweet Tooth. Samoa yeah. Joe, which I mentioned to you off air, Twisted Metal, good yeah, show, good show, yeah, good, yeah, good on. I that. recommend it. Yeah, no, this is an entertaining starting match. You know, I think it played to both of their strings pretty well. Um, or interesting opener starter match. It's not, it's not like an app. It's not a tizer. Uh, not a tizer. Yeah, I guess the pre-show would be the tizers. It would be the tizer. Yeah, no, this would be the this would be like the salad. Yeah, you know? yeah, like yeah. the salad that comes out. But yeah, uh, no, I thought this was a, pre- a pretty solid opener. Played to both their strings. CM Punk got all bloody. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it like really was just something that just kind of played to you know to who both of those guys just are in ring, in character wise. So no, I was entertained. You know, like I said, it wasn't like a barn burner by any means. You know, which like, and I'll say this about this show: like this show didn't really have anything that was like. I mean, the FTR and the Young Bucks was pretty epic. I thought. Um, MJF and Cole dramatically was epic, but it didn't really have a lot of stuff. It had a lot of stuff that was good to great. No match of the year candidates. Yeah. No match of the year candidates. Like nothing that was just like beyond mind blowing epic. And like this just kind of fit that, you know, it was a a solid starter, but yeah, it wasn't anything insanely, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, my highest rated match, I had the main event at four and three quarters, and that was largely for the storytelling and drama. You know, the in-ring work was very good, but yeah, like you said, I think the best wrestling match was FTR and Young Bucks, yeah. which I went four and a half on that. But that one really, that was where I, and we'll talk about it, but that's when I was like feeling my most like tired at the beginning of that match, and then it really kicked into gear and was amazing, but mm. I agree. Yeah, the match quality on this show, good to great, but nothing like out of this world. Yeah, nothing out of yeah. Over a very very fun fun show. Overall. Well, when you would think that, like you know, not to skip too far ahead, but you have Will Osprey on your card, and it's like he's fighting Jericho, and you know that's not gonna like get as like high level as like Will Osprey can get. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's Kenny not Omega for yeah, example, Kenny Omega, yeah, or someone like that. And so, like, whenever you use him like that. Like, it's a good match in terms of, like, just prestige, I guess. Um, but, like, when it comes to in-ring stuff, it's like, you know, you could have something that's transcendent if you put him against, you know. I mean, who else could he go up against besides Kenny? You know, that would be, like... CM Punk. Punk. You know, that could be interesting. MJF. MJF, yeah. Uh, obviously, they both, you know, they had shit going on. But, yeah, there are other mar- more marquee opponents, but still a heck ended up a heck of a match. But to your point... I think this next match accentuates that even more. The fact that Kenny Omega is in the second match in the card in a trios match. Granted, a loaded trios match it was. uh, But it's fucking Kenny Omega. Why is he in the second match on this card and not fighting Okada or Punk or some sort of, you know, why not Takeshita here in the singles match? Like that's a match I'm especially clamoring for, especially given that Kenny kind of helped train him in DDT a decade ago, right? which I don't know if you saw that has been made official for all out. So that is very exciting. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so match two, we had, 
Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Konosuke Takeshita defeating the Golden Elite team of Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Hangman Adam Page. Another, again, very fun, you know, fast-paced, chaotic, kind of abandoning the rules match, yep. which pisses a lot of people off. I mean, you know, I wish it could be a little better, but it doesn't bother me too much because the action was really good. Um I thought Juice Robinson was a fucking star in this match. Just with his reactions as much as anything, he was just hooting and hollering. His look, he came out like a dog, basically, like on all fours. Like the man has taken his spotlight and is running with it. And I'm very happy about it because I've always thought he was very underrated. But um, yeah, a lot of interesting pieces and history in this match with Jay White and Kota Ibushi having a legendary feud. Obviously, the Kenny Takeshita piece. Abushi was also at DDT when Takeshita was coming up. So right. there's that as well. Mm-hmm. Juice and Kenny have history over the U.S. title. Um, Hangman, not really much specifically with any guy, but has mixed it up with all of them. But um, ends up with a bit of a surprise roll-up yeah. from Takeshita onto Kenny, which ultimately sets up that match after Kenny hit some insane V triggers like right before that. I mean, it, it got pretty nutty towards the end here, but I remember he, I think on juice and Jay, both just massive fucking V triggers mm-hmm. at the end. But uh to gets the sneaky pin here, which, you know, makes a lot of sense, of course, yeah. but uh, you know, chaotic, very chaotic match, yeah. but I yeah. love all these guys and I had a blast. What about yeah, you? you know, and, and I'll, and I'll say this, it's like, it had that blend of ingredients. It had that, it had the story necessity of like getting Kenny and Takeshita to like be pitted against each other. It was like, it, you know, like, did you ever make what were called? I don't think they call them these anymore. Suicide drinks. Oh yeah. 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 Suicide. Where you go down the line and put every drink in your cup. Yeah. Yeah. This was like a suicide drink. If it were good. <laughs> That actually tasted good. So I'll tell you what is a good suicide. The White Claw suicide. Oh, really? What was that? Well, so when White Claw first became a thing, it was just that original like four pack of flavors. I think it was lime, grapefruit, black cherry, one other. But we mixed them all together Uh and it actually was very good. This was like years ago. But uh, Mm. yeah, the White Claw suicide, baby. Yeah, but I will also say this to the inverse. Was this match... Like was the sum was this match equal to the oh god damn it what's the same more <laughs> equal than the sum to the of sum parts. of its parts yeah equal or more to the sum of its parts I don't know about that I would almost say like perhaps the end result was like a little bit less yeah maybe parts, you know but like you know not like I said not that type of transcendent thing you would expect when you get all these guys together I think it could have been placed in a better spot on the card too to be honest I mean yeah it's a loaded show but I remember I was like whoa they're doing this match now just because. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty big match. Um, but, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and, again, given that the star power in this match, I mean, Hangman is a guy that's kind of unfortunately faded to the background a little bit, you know, this summer, which, you know, we know what he can do. Um, you know, Jay and Juice had the those epic matches with FTR on collision. You know, they're kind of still getting their footing, which I like. They're really pushing Takeshita, which I fucking love. So, could this have been better? Yeah, but I still enjoyed it. You mean Abushi? You know, I talked about him last time. You know, oh. he did not look great. He looked a little better here, but he's still just nowhere near. You know what he was, twenty eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You know, yeah. well before that too. 
I mean, ring rust, obviously, he hadn't wrestled in well over a year and just yeah. getting back into shape, but I'm still fucking happy to see him. But again, he wasn't really like that big of a factor here. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, does he continue having matches in AEW? Because, you know, I want to see him get better and better. But uh, right. yeah, um, good point, though, like. I think this could have been better, but I personally still really enjoyed it because I like all these guys. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, good stuff, though. Agreed. Also, did you know, what is this Wrestle Dream thing? Oh, yeah. So, Wrestle Dream, yeah. yeah was he that announced an that after the show. Yeah, they're having yet another pay-per-view, which I guess it'll be, what, seven this year? Yeah, yeah October the 1st, I saw that because I was I – was, um, pulling up the Wikipedia of it just to kind of get everything in front of me for this. And I saw it was like next pay-per-view all out. And then next wrestle. Yeah. And I was, was like, what? October 1st, I think October 1st. Yeah, in yeah. Seattle. So that is, it's an homage to Antonio Inoki, the founder of new Japan, who I guess passed last year on October 1st. Yeah, and that's I think, the that show, I think. Yeah. So yeah, Tony Khan announced it after the show. You know, nothing really. He's like, I want New Japan wrestlers to participate. So, so it's another Forbidden Door. It's just kind of the kind of yeah. I mean, it's int- again. I've mentioned the the whole purity thing and what. Like, I loved the whole four pay per views because all of them felt that much more important. And now we're starting to get a little diluted here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it broke up the story pretty well, like quarterly, you know. And yeah, now that it's yeah, you're getting a lot more. Yeah, I think it does kind of um, you know, de-emphasize. Yeah, um, like we'll have four and five months mm-hmm. with, yeah. or I guess five and six months, double or nothing May, yeah. forbidden door June, all in August, all out, um, fucking September, Wrestle Dream. So it's six and seven months, Wrestle Dream October, full gear. So yeah, yeah, six and seven months. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it like that, right from May through November, the only month they didn't have one is July. Yeah, which wow. I'm, I'm not complaining. I mean, you know, there's still gonna, well, probably going to well, be a lot of good shit. But well, yeah, the one, the one muddying the waters a little bit. Yeah, well, and I mean, the one that has the biggest gap is between Revolution and uh, Double or Nothing because that's like. I don't know what's the longest. No, like, full gear. It's the it's from full gear to um, revolution, right? Because revolution's in like March. Yeah, usually like early March, and full gear is like mid November. Yeah, so, so yeah. that's like yeah, that's where the biggest swath. So is. we'll see if they try and squeeze another one in in that time period. Yeah, too. we will see. But yeah, wrestle dream. Huh. Yeah, we shall see. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, next is the AEW World Tag Team Championships, which saw FTR defeat the young bucks to retain in 21 minutes 46 seconds and we were talked about this earlier you know this i was starting to feel pretty tired at this point but mm-hmm. once these guys got going they not got that going. it was a bad start you know just they had their typical back and forth and took a little time but mm-hmm. yeah this was awesome at the yeah. end um you know multiple finisher kickouts you know one, one of those matches when once they get to that point it's like all right anything can happen here and even coming in like we didn't really make picks. I would have picked FTR, but this one truly could have gone yeah. either way. And FTR does get the job done. But, uh, yeah, just another very, very fun, great match between two of the best tag teams to ever do it. You know, callbacks to the original match. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was just great, great stuff here. Tons of callbacks. Because this is one I kind of rewatched today. 
Okay. Um, and yeah, like this one, like, you know, tons of callbacks to the original, to the original match. There's such reverence in commentary for this, you know, the yeah. reverence in the, you know, the reverence almost like validated the hyperbole. Cause I know there's always a hyperbole, you know, when they're talking about this is the greatest tag team match ever. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like the reverence for it, at least like, I don't know, it's set like a, a good tone because like, no, this isn't the best tag team match ever. Like not even an AEW, but like still, you know, um, this was like just, what you would come to expect just 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 excellent shit and especially after you get past that back and forth and things get into that sort of more slowed down dramatic form that's when it was excellent you know oh, yeah. doing the other one super move and stuff yeah. like that great and count great Neil counters the yeah, ftr yeah. kissing the cheeks of the whichever young bucket was was which was obviously their thing and I think the big callback was um, Cash going for the 450 and getting super kicked, which is how that first match ended. Uh, Full Gear 2020, your first show. But uh, nice. yeah, anything, I, I didn't rewatch anything, but anything else kind of stick out to you from this? Um, Not particularly. I mean, I thought it was just, you know, an extremely exciting match. And whenever things kind of got down there at the end, you know, like this is a really good just play on things where you just kind of didn't really know. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm glad ultimately FTR um, took it home. You know, I think that's a little bit more fitting than the Young Bucks winning it the third time. I mean, this was truly a battle for like the king of tag teams in AEW, which yeah. is something that is like they've hung their head on very yeah. much like during their whole time here. And I think this match, you know, for being sort of a seminal moment in the history of AEW tag teams in the short history, the short but but great history of it, you know, really, really met the moment, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'm happy FTR won because, you know, we've mm -hmm. talked. They had that incredible year last year, never won the AEW tag titles, but seemingly won every other. They're always kind of like around sort of. Yeah. It, but yeah, but you for know. them to get this, you know, more extended run, because I think their first reign was like 80 days or something yeah, like that, or maybe even less than that. the Bucks again? Yeah, so the it was that full year 2020. That was when the, the Bucks took it from FTR. FTR had taken it from Hangman and Kenny, who were the second tag champs. So FTR was the third tag champ. So, um, yeah, they've definitely had it now for a few months at this point. So, yeah. um, oh, so we got comments on here. Oh, and I've just had the comments off. Um, and that yeah. Was, I, oh, wow. This is our first one. Gentlemen, how the uh, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> I think that was a typo. H5T. High five, Tom. How the yes. fuck are you, brother? Yes, we, love you. we love you. Um, yeah, I had them all. I was on. I didn't realize I was under private chat. So yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I saw that too, and I was just like, I saw a one by the comments. I was like, wait a minute. I hope we haven't been live in a while. We haven't recorded in a while, but it's been even longer since we've been live. So yeah. thanks for tuning in, Tommy, and anyone else out there. So, um, but yes, good stuff here. So then we go to. <laughs> the fucking car crash of a match stadium stampede which at this point stadium stampede and anarchy in the arena are the same thing yeah i mean this Obviously. was a lot more like anarchy in the arena though Exa exactly that's yeah, how yeah. this which we just saw it uh double or nothing but um another you know fun installment here which saw the team of Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, Penta, and the best friends defeat the BCC, Mike Santana, and Ortiz making their return, specifically Santana, who'd been out for well over a year. Um, 
Yeah, this was an absolute fuck fest. <laughs> it, was. <laughs> it was crazy. Mm-hmm. There were people, there were some botches, falling off ladders, etc. But man, I had a blast watching this. And I think this is what really kind of got our juices flowing again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, really, like I said, the end of that previous tag match and then into this, I was feeling pretty damn good the rest of the way here. But mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> I don't like that the Blackpool Combat Club seems to lose more than they win, you know, and they're these tough bastards that, you know, only give a shit about fighting and killing you and making you bleed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they come out with the cool outfits with the trench coats and the black gloves and the Uh sunglasses. But yet again, and I I don't want to I'm not ripping on Orange Cassidy because I love Orange Cassidy and he's been so great, but Mm -hmm. kind of. Kind of getting a little tired of it here. Yeah, kind of getting you know, a little tired of it here. You know, like you just had that alt landing. You know, it's just kind of been static for a while, and I think yeah, you got to kind of change it up. And he does fun stable stuff, but but yeah, I think it's time to time to change it up because that title was very legitimizing for him. And I mean, even before that, he had that um, pay per view um, triple threat with him and Christian and Kenny. So no, it was him, that. Kenny and Pack. Him, Kenny and Pack. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So um, so they had that. But it's um, awesome. Yeah, and that yeah. was kind of his first like springboard moment into like the let's call it the main event picture. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. not like a full throttle main eventer, yeah. but he's but, right but, there. But I feel like even after this title, he still isn't like really like in that tier yet or, you know, and, and still would take a little bit. There's still more stuff for his character to do to like get to that point, I think. Yeah, and it's just gotten a, a little serious contender. It's gotten a little stale for me personally. I mean, the match, his singles matches, a lot of them kind of follow the same formula. I mean, credit to him because I mean, he's certainly gone so far above and beyond the simple comedy character he was when he came in. Um, but all that's to say, he gets the pinfall here. I think it was on Claudio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he. He had gotten he had gotten the bro or he'd gotten the glass the bucket and the bottle and he punt taped his fist and punched it and broke the glass, which was a very cool spot. Like that's not something I can remember seeing. Uh-huh. And then he has the tape, you know, the glass attached to the tape. Um, yeah, it was Claudio. I just looked. Yeah. You know, and it took him a few minutes like after he did that, because then I think he got fucked up a couple times, but then he finally did land the orange punch. Um yeah. Cool moment with Kingston, who was kind of fighting, you know, in the crowd for a while. And then all of a sudden he showed back up, blood in his face, marching down the aisle with the barbed wire chair and just going straight for Claudio as he Mm -hmm. did right when the match began. Can't wait for that again. You know, they had the match Ring of Honor title match earlier this year, Mm -hmm. which I believe Kingston has got to be the one to take that belt off him. Um, But yeah, some cool moments in this match. Like I said, it was just highly, highly entertaining, highly bloody. So much plunder, weapons. We had a fucking character change mid-match yep. with Penta Oscuro, yeah. which was very bizarre. Which I love how they called him the darker version of Penta. And, it's like, and he no, was just wearing a, red. He's wearing a lighter color. Yeah, He know? came so, out wearing yeah. the black and white and changed to red. Yeah, yeah. So I would not think that's the darker. I, th- I would think that's like the angry pen- Penta. Yeah. You know? Like the angry bull, you know, like whenever you like beat up an enemy in like Mario and they're down to like their last like life when the end, like you always got to jump on them three times and you jump on yeah. them twice and then they turn red and they start moving really yep. fast. Yep. Yeah, that's Penta Obscuro right Speaking there. Speaking of which, I watched Mario last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was tight. Yeah. It was tight. Oh, yeah, very fun, fun watch for sure. It's a fun watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 
this was what it was. You know, we're used to this type of shit with the Blackpool Combat Club. You know, they always kind of mix in some different wrinkles. Oh, we had Sue coming out in the van and Moxley fucking kissing her. That was very funny. Yeah. So who's, who's Sue's mom again? Like, Trent Beretta's mom. Trent Beretta's mom. Okay. Because yeah, in the OG, like, COVID era of Daly's Place, like, that's when she first, like, showed up in the van. And it's been, you know, somewhat of a consistent thing. She was in the, at the parking lot brawl they had on Rampage a few yeah. weeks ago. So, yeah. but yeah, Moxley leans in to kiss her, which I loved. And then she handed out some cookie sheets that actually had cookies on them. Yeah. Um, but another just fun moment in what was a, you know, just crazy, chaotic, yeah. insane match yeah. that I wish the Blackpool Combat Club would have won because what did, what does Orange Cassidy gain by pinning Claudio? I mean, is he going to challenge for the Ring of Honor title now? Like, do we really need, like, Claudio and Kingston is its own thing. Now he, weirdly, they're having a match on Dynamite with Orange defending the international title against Penta. And then the winner faces Moxley at all out. I feel yeah. like it should be Mox versus Penta. Yeah. And a number one contenders match. And then the winner faces the champion. Right. Right. So, I mean, I presume this will be Moxley orange, which will be awesome. We haven't seen that as a singles match. And if Moxley does not walk out as international champion, I'm going to have a bit of a problem with that. Yeah. Would you agree? I mean, you know, we've, he's defended it, what, 25 times or whatever. Yeah. 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 Probably more than that. Probably in the thirties now. I mean, it has it's to probably be. close. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been defending it as much of late. As I don't believe, run. yeah, like in the last month or so. But I mean, Mox is Mox. You know, yeah. he is one of the top stars in the company, oh, multi-time yeah, world champ. Like, I'd be yeah. happy to see him get that belt and you know, kind of see what he can do with it. And you know, it really will continue to kind of mean something. Like, yeah, and, and championship There's no belt in that staple, right? Uh, just Claudia, the ROH. ROH, yeah. So, yeah, I think they could use something else like that, you know, especially if they're taking L's and pay-per-views and stuff like that. Could use yeah, because they've lost both the last – I can't remember if they won – or they won Anarchy in the arena, but then they lost Blood and Guts and they lost this match. So Yeah. But, yeah. So It's nice to see Santana and Ortiz, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ortiz is someone we've seen a little more recently, but – like I said, Santana, Mike Santana, Santana, been out for a while, so it's good to see him. And I forgot, Tom said, Orange Cassidy going all Jean-Claude Van Damme there for a moment with taped glass hands. There you go. But, uh, yeah, fun stuff overall, for mm-hmm. sure. sure. Okay, next. We will, we will rock you. We mm-hmm. have the AEW Women's Championship four-way. In which Soraya defeats Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, and Tony Storm in eight minutes, 43 seconds. Short match, but fun for what it was. I mean, I thought this was solid. Obviously, Soraya comes out to We Will Rock You with her whole family. Great moment for her. Tony Storm mistakenly socks her mom in the front row, which added some fuel to this match. Ruby Soho comes out saying, don't hurt Soraya's neck. And then Tony clocks her. Yeah, there's definitely some shit going down with the outcasts, which I'm happy because boy, has that been stale. Yeah, Um, it's a shame to see Sheeta drop the belt immediately, but I think I said it yesterday. I'm like, I think that's just so 
you know, she Soraya could win it and didn't have to beat her stablemate Tony Storm yeah. for it. And it seems like now that may potentially be a rivalry at some uh-huh. point. I mean, I could see them kind of slow burning to this, yeah. but I think this was pretty pretty obvious that especially given the the entrance Soraya got and getting her family involved in the match and that she was going to win. And I'm very happy for her. I mean, I like I said, when we were watching it yesterday, it's like, I'm sure she never would have dreamed a few years ago that anything like this could have happened. Yeah, she, that she let alone be back in wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. Let alone in front of 81,000 of her countrymen and women and winning the AEW World Championship. Exactly, so, yeah. Good for her and at least some potential intrigue here with the outcasts. So, uh, well, well, Britt Baker said something about like the stale women's division, you know, in her promo. So get better. Let's be better. Come on. Okay. Coffin match. Yes. Bobby and Sting defeat Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland in 1550. Sting now 18 and 0. In AEW as a 64-year-old man. And, and he needs to go out on top, you know, like take a, you know. Because when was that um, that Bash at the Beach? No, was it Bash at the Beach? No, it wasn't Bash at the Beach. The last WCW Monday Nitro. Oh, it was Did like two, it was 2000. Did he lose to Ric Flair? I think he won. Did he win? They was were that- in the last match. I'm pretty sure he tapped out Flair, but I can't remember for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, because I'm wondering, I'm like, does he, like, like when does he go out? Because it's got to be soon. Yeah. And does he lose, you know, at all? Mm-hmm. If he's 18 and 0. I mean, and I said it yesterday, his run has far, far exceeded the low expectations I and probably a lot of other people had. Yeah. He has done some crazy shit, some crazy bumps. You know, he's been very entertaining largely. You know, he is, doesn't look 64, but he definitely is showing his age. But yeah, and it's, right. it's, it's got to be soon. Whether they be in a cinematic match or something like this. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. But uh, again, this was, I thought, a very good match. Um, you know, nothing to write home about, but very fun. You know, some hard bumps on the coffin. You know, uh, Christian tying Darby, taping Darby's hands behind his backs. You mm-hmm. know, the whole the ending with Sting initially being trapped in the casket or coffin and getting the bat out. Which, which, yeah, and then Swerve, I'm going to go ahead. Getting his hand out, Sting smashing it, and then eventually he they get him in there. I don't even remember but his hair what was sticking out. And his hair was sticking his out. So sticking out, yeah, and they called it, which was funny. So the match is still not over, in my opinion. But nope. um, Yeah, never will be. But again, um, you know, I think we all knew who was winning this, which I think takes away a little bit from these matches because Sting has yet to lose. So I kind of wish he would have lost one at some point just to like build some level of doubt. But I agree. But that has yet to happen and probably won't happen. But. Yeah, I, yeah, I doubt it too. But, and, but yeah, this was pretty easy to predict, you know, and definitely something that like without it being a coffin match could have been like pre-show material. Yeah, but like add the gimmick to it, then you got something. And credit to Christian with, for his cutoff turtleneck. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just so great. Well, the entrances were all pretty bomb. Here you have the Darby Sting one. You had um, <coughs> Prince Nana. Um, oh, Prince Nana was a yeah, yeah. Great yeah, we we that entrance. We were really jazzed at this point. Dancing around. Yeah, like the two guys, the guys he's coming out. Oh, because they had like the rappers doing Swerve song. And like everyone's all stoic, and then Prince Nana just dancing around like a buffoon, yeah. which was awesome. Yes, yeah, that guy rules. 
Uh, yeah, I don't really have too much else to say. No, not too that. much else. Like I said, it was a fun match, but yeah, you know, wasn't like the most big time consequential thing. Yeah. You know, um, like the um, um, you could have easily swapped this with the uh, Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club. Totally team. agree. Totally okay, agree. Yeah. I think this would have been a much better spot for it. Um, because I think these the women's match and this match were the two weakest, and, and the trios match as well. Those were the three that I didn't have. I had everything else at four plus stars other than those three. So yeah, I I agree. I think this would have been a much better spot for the Kenny match. So right. But next, and we were talking about it earlier, Will Osprey defeats Chris Jericho in fourteen minutes fifty six seconds, and I think. You know, credit to Jericho. You know, obviously, Osprey certainly carried him to a large degree, but I thought Jericho looked pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's talked a lot about his in-ring work being very up and down over the past couple of years, but I think he brought it here. Not in the song, though. I thought the, the performance of Judas, I thought, was pretty weak. Though. Yeah. Well, and it's it sounded like he was like, someone singing karaoke for his band. Like, you know, it didn't seem like he was up yeah. to like having to walk out and do an entrance. Yeah. He wasn't really, him. he didn't have much energy in his voice either. Yeah. Which was strange. Like you'd think yeah, he no. would have fucking brought it. Yeah. He would have brought it. Yeah. But like, it just kind of sounded like someone who was just kind of panting and they let the crowd kind of buoy it. A Mailing little bit. it in a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought the match was really good. I mean, we Jericho kicked out of a storm breaker, which was certainly a big deal. Um, I don't remember any <laughs> pulling up a fucking recap here. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I just thought the chemistry was pretty good here. Um, you know, Jericho wasn't really showing his age too badly. He did look kind of bad on the when he hit the os cutter was a little sloppy, but then yeah. Will kicked out at one anyway, and you just forget about it immediately. Yeah. Um, Jericho hit the Judas effect. Osprey kicked out it too. Osprey's hidden blade is very much a similar move. You know, he had missed it a couple of times and got him fucking right in the face at the end before the yeah. second Stormbreaker for the win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this met and maybe slightly exceeded expectations. I went four and a quarter on the match, but like you said earlier, like could have been a much. Well, I think this is a marquee match. You it know, is. No, 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 it is a marquee but match. From an in-ring, like, yeah, star yeah. rating, like, yeah, match yeah, quality yeah, standpoint. And, and, and like, if it were Chris Jericho versus somebody who isn't at the point in their career, isn't at the zenith that Will Osprey is at, where it's like, you know, all of his matches are just, like, the biggest, most epic, high-flying thing. And then, you know, you have, like, Jericho, and it's like, it would be bigger if it were, like, Jericho versus, I don't know, you know, like, just someone who's kind of a little bit closer to him in terms of like athletic ability at this point in his career. Well, like when Jericho, here's an example. When Jericho wrestled Tomohiro Ishii last year on dynamite, I don't remember if you caught that one, but it was like a brawl, you know, Mm -hmm. Ishii's not a high, he is a grounded, he's going to fucking punch you. He's going to keep fighting. And it was an awesome match. Jericho like got his chest busted open, but from chops, but I get what you're saying. Like, but it kind of let Osprey shine, whoops, um, to show how great he is too. Because, I, like I said, he certainly carried this match. But I think yeah. Jericho did did very well. He did, yeah. No, I thought he did very well. Yeah, considering the spot. But yeah, you know, it just kind of. I don't think this match had too high of a ceiling, considering you know Will Osprey was in it. So I think that's just kind of, you know, a little, little odd. Wait, what do you mean by that? I guess he didn't really like you know like well what well, well, like oh that it only. 
I yeah. think, like it I think, only I, could have I, I think, so I, I think yeah. Jericho like being in it just kind of limited to what like I don't know Will Osprey could do with somebody else. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But the you know the short two week build. I know you watched Dynamite like the promo yeah. by Osprey yeah, was, was great. Promo, yeah. Jericho's promo was great. Um, but I guess let's talk about it. I know you're you obviously don't follow New Japan closely, but Osprey's contract is up in February. A lot of speculation that he's going to sign with AEW with how much, you know, they've been using him, you know, a decent amount here for some of the big shows. I don't want it to happen at all because, you know, I think there's a lot left for him to still accomplish in new Japan. Mm -hmm. You know, he still needs to get the big Tokyo dome win over Okada. He won the world championship, but had to vacate it early in 21 due to an injury. Hasn't gotten it back since. So selfishly, I would like to see him stay in New Japan at least a little longer, but he's been on record saying he doesn't want to live in America. But man, I mean, with that promo he cut last week, it just seems like it might happen. But you know, and like, not that I'm going to be mad about it. I just would rather still see him in New Japan. No, I mean, he's either going to stay there. I mean, what else are you going to? You're going to go to AEW or WWE. You know, those 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 are the two directions and. I don't know if the dude's ever going to want to go to like the WWE. Guy. I don't think I mean, he's, he's, I don't yeah. think so. And I mean, Aussie Open is part of his stable. They're over like he's the one who basically brought them to New Japan. So like they're really tight. So I, it's a, certainly a natural fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> and JCP pops in with a bye bye will. I, I'm not convinced yet that it's uh, for sure happening, but yeah. the signs are definitely uh, pointing that direction at this yeah. point. But let's see what happens. We'll see who he gets into a program with uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. It could be Kenny again. I think it might be, you know, kind of close the book on that trilogy, like in a, in a year. Uh-huh. That definitely makes a lot of sense. But we shall see. All right, final two matches. Nice. A bit of a surprise here. We saw uh, the acclaimed and Daddy Ass defeat the House of Black in 10 minutes, four seconds to win the AEW World Trios Championships. I loved the House of Black entrance gear, all of it. Brody King with some blood on his head, kind of mixed perfectly with the white face paint. I thought he looked awesome. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the match was fine. You know, it wasn't anything special. It was in that kind of popcorn spot, so to speak. Um, you know, fun moment to have the acclaimed out there. You know, with the what was what were they saying again? It was like a Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, like, Jeffrey Epstein joke, which like made yeah. me just be like, oh, it said something about a, a bigger disgrace or than or bigger embarrassment than Prince Andrew. Yeah, you know. So yeah, which is a Jeffrey Epstein joke. I think. I mean, someone else filmed me in the context, but that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know either, but yeah. 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 But just, you know, we you'd mentioned of late that, like, obviously they've lost a lot of steam since their tag title run last year. So just good to see them back on the big stage doing what they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, Billy Gunn's Billy Gunn. You know, <laughs> he's big. He's not – he's old, but still cool to see him out there, I guess. But Yeah, and I mean, this is a great comp- – I mean, the three of them, you know. I mean, yeah. You should milk that. Until- Saved the scissor me daddy ass until after the match. Because, yeah, we were both like, what the hell? I – I know they hadn't done it once, like when Billy Gunn wasn't there, but obviously he was. It's like you think they, and there were tons of scissors in the crowd and like the scissor foam hand things as well. So claimed are still over as hell. That's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, they are. But, yeah. I mean, this is a big win, too. I mean, House of Black, 
you know, Malachi Black finally sort of, you know, after like being woefully misused during his early tenure in AEW, finally gets footing. You but know. it still kind of yeah. just ends a little abruptly for me. I mean, they've been on collision, which I don't watch every week, but you know, them beating the elite for the trios titles is obviously a big deal, but it, the, the run wasn't really like anything special, but yeah, I'm happy, you know, he got a title and everything, but um, yeah, I think again, there could have been a lot more that happened here. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I would still like to see Malachi get some, uh, some better footing here, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that'd be better, but yeah, you know, like I said, it was a pretty good average popcorn match, you know, yeah, uh, a weird popcorn match considering like, you know that both of these people, like um, wrestlers, have big entrances. You know the House of Black has yep. the, the lights, and then the Acclaim have the rap that everyone gets into. So usually that pizzazz is like not popcorn magic. Pizzazz, yeah, yeah, pizzazz, pizzazz, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, main event time. They had us guessing. It was back and forth and all over the place. And will MJF use the ring? Will Cole use the belt? Who's going to turn on who? Is the kingdom reforming? Not quite yet. As MJF defeats Adam Cole in 27 minutes, 30 seconds. uh, After a brief stoppage due to a double pin in which the match was called a draw. And I know you didn't watch their first match, which ended in a 30-minute draw, which was a better match than this. But, I mean, I think all the elements here probably made this a little more exciting. But I love that match. I went four and three quarters on both of them. Uh, But similarly, that one ended in a 30-minute draw because that was the time limit. Cole had asked for five more minutes. MJF said no. Same thing happens here as Cole's kind of, you know, being more the heel the entire match here, more aggressive. Um, It's like the double pin thing happens. I'm like, surely there's no way this is going to end like this. And like the crowd begin to, you know, like, yeah. yeah, So similarly, Cole's like, Max, five more minutes. And (laughs) such an incredible moment. I said it from the jump. And he's like, no, we're going till there's a winner in fucking Wembley. (laughs) I just loved so much. Yeah. Um, and then they keep going immediately, both go for roll ups and hold the tights. Um, and again, this is the period where their ref gets knocked out. I think Adam Cole hit him with the Panama sunrise after MJF moved. MJF first pulls out the ring, you know. And again, this is what made this match so great is you really didn't know what was going to happen. No, and like this, and the story stuff was never like predictable. You know, it it, still isn't. It it subverted expectations in all these little areas, you know, to where like it wasn't like super obvious, you know, just a super obvious the opposite happened of what normally happened. But like just dramatically, just the way things went down were were just unexpected and unique and interesting. Yeah. uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah. And and for this too, it's like this match just with the story, like to go back to more than the sum of its parts, this is what, you know, it felt to me like this match, even though MJF and Cole are you know, real heavyweights in AEW, just real, like, two of the top guys. But, like, you know, you don't think of MJF when you think of, like, the best in-ring performers in AEW. MJF's kind of more of a character. His in-ring stuff is good and continues Oh, yeah, he's great. But, like, yeah, you know, this, like, the drama of this match and just how good those guys were at just executing it and incorporating it into what was going on just made it 
you know, like, yeah, the most entertaining watch of the night for sure. Yeah. And obviously Roddy strong getting involved. He's been a big part of this story as well, kind of behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, to the point where I was convinced that, okay, Cole's turning here. Kingdom's reforming. We were right type of deal. And uh-huh. boy, was I wrong on that, but mm-hmm. you know, that, that's how, like I said, that's why this match was so great for me is like, I truly didn't know what way it was going to go. I was pretty convinced that win or lose Cole was turning heel here and reforming the kingdom with he, Roddy Strong, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett. Um, I still think that's probably going to happen at some point because there's too much smoke here. And those two guys coming out to take Roddy out at the end. And I, I think I've mentioned it before Roddy wasn't in it, but Taven Bennett and Cole were part of the kingdom in ring of honor years ago as a big heel stable. Um, so there's a lot of history there. So, but it didn't happen yet. Uh, MJF gets a roll up win, which again, makes sense, but I don't love that we have two matches end on a roll up with Takeshita rolling up Kenny as well. Um, but it makes sense of like, you know, and MJF even said it right after as Cole was all pissed off. He's like, it could have gone either way. You know, you know, they mm-hmm. still love you. I happen to get the win. So, like, that makes a lot of sense in the story that it was a roll up and it wasn't like a super decisive or cheating win. Um, and then again, match ends. He gets both Ring of Honor belts. Like, come on, we're still buddies. You could have won just as easily. Cole chucks the belt out and then MJF gets fucking pissed. And- like you piece of shit did you ever give a shit about me fuck you (laughs) and uh you know he gets the aew title and again mjf is waiting for it as cole was earlier in this story and mjf did not hit him roddy strong on the outside do it do it and he doesn't they hug they embrace but what's gonna happen from here yeah that that that's to fight another day but like yeah now there's like I don't know, like MJF kind of like, like, yeah, I really don't know where it's going to go. Like, who's going to turn? I guess it primes Cole for turning on him because Cole's got more of the forces like tempting him to do it because MJF mm-hmm. has nobody. You know, yeah. MJF's just got himself. And how great, and I know you haven't caught Dynamite every week, but just this performance in ring, what you've seen from this storyline, MJF is a full throttle babyface. There has been not even a shred of heel in what he's been doing in the last month and a half or so. And I love it. And I think there's a lot that they can do with that, especially if you're going to do MJF and CM Punk, which seems to be, I mean, with Punk trotting out his bullshit belt, like how do you not do this? And that's why I think maybe MJF keeps the title for now. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, Cole easily could have won it, but you know, this is a money match, you know, their feud latter early 2021 that ended in the, the dog collar match. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Some of the best stuff in AEW story-wise, you know, we'd seen MJF for the first time kind of be a baby face for that one promo, the Jew boy thing, getting mm-hmm. quarters thrown at him, which he's kind of rehashed in this storyline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as much as I hate CM Punk, I think that would be, an incredible feud yet again, but if CM Punk wins, I'm going to be fucking furious. I mean, mean, would they do that though? I mean, they have to know that like doing that would like alienate so much of the company, like, like, like EVPs, you know? Yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I I don't see how they could make that decision. I don't know. I don't know how quickly this will happen. You know, 
maybe there's another MJF Cole match and Cole does win it. But again, I feel like MJF versus CM Punk is where we're ultimately heading here. Maybe yeah. for full gear? I don't know. I mean, we like I said earlier, we don't know what any of these guys are doing at All Out. There's reports Punk and Jack Perry are going to be suspended, so they neither of them may not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with MJF and Cole, I don't know what's going to main event that show. Kenny Takeshita, to me, is a main event worthy of a pay-per-view but i don't know about you know the re- yeah, the large world. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like i'm a fucking mark but, right you know. yeah guys who only watch wwe are gonna be like what the fuck yeah 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 so do they i just don't know how you book another title match for mjf in from wednesday to sunday you, you gotta include him on the show right so you that's i feel like that. maybe it's a ring of honor maybe they get a rematch with against Aussie open and actually give them time and have a great match. Like that would make sense. But again, that's not a main event either. So let me pull up the all out card for now, because clearly stuff is going to be added, but yeah, what the main event of this show is going to be will be interesting because there's seemingly nothing out there right now other than Kenny and Takeshita. So we have, in addition to that, we have, I guess Orange versus Mox. Yeah. That's pretty main event worthy. You know, it's obviously the secondary title, but that title means a hell of a lot more than the TNT title at this oh, point. Yeah, for so, sure. So, those, you know, you have those two matches on top. For me, I like it. But again, for the casual fan, well, I mean, I think Orange and Mox is definitely more of a fitting main event now that I think about it. So. Statlander and Ruby Soho for the TBS. Miro There's no versus... tag team. T- There's like everything's a singles match. That's for, na- for now, yeah. which is the opposite of All In, which had what, three singles matches? Yeah. Joe Punk, Cole, MJF, and Osprey, Jericho. Yeah. Miro, Powerhouse, Hobbs, and then Luchasaurus, Darby. So I like this card. I mean, I, I, re- I, I love that Miro, you know, we said for years ago, feed him the monsters. Yeah. Same with Wardlow. So I like this match. Um, Luchasaurus and Darby, I think, will be very interesting as well. So I'm digging what's going on here. I mean, clearly there's going to be more matches added this week. But, yeah, I think as we stand now, Punk – or excuse me, Moxley and Orange but yeah, still be the main event. Too, you know, because they don't want this to, like, be like a footnote compared to All In. Yeah. Because All In, they, they already had a lot of the high drama there. Yep. You know, like the, t- the title drama. And now it's like, what do you do here, you know? I mean, maybe this is where Cole or MJF turns, perhaps. Yeah. But again, I I don't know. I kind of want – I kind of don't want that to happen now. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I think something big has to happen on this show because um, you're right. It could very well easily get lost in the shuffle. But, like I said, I at least like the card that they've started to build here. So, we'll mm-hmm. see uh, kind of how it gets uh, – get sorted out but uh i assume we'll learn more uh wednesday on dynamite yeah we will we shall but yeah as a whole like i said i it's not the show of the year by any means it's definitely might be aew show of the i don't know with this revolution and forbidden door all are kind of on equalish footing for me definitely double or nothing a big step down from those this year but i just really had a blast watching this show. Like I said, of the two, four, six, eight, nine matches, I had six at four plus stars. Um, just a very, very fun watch. Great crowd. 
I love, we didn't mention it. Tom had commented earlier that LED tunnel thing was fucking crazy. I thought that was a nice touch that was able to like change. Like it had the barn for Hangman. Yeah. It had yeah, the painting of Takeshita and Callus, which was uh-huh. very funny. Um, so, and like I said, crowd, we didn't give enough credit to the crowd. I thought the crowd was awesome. Um, there's the setup, the magnitude of this show. I mean, if it's not a home run, it's a triple. I thought this was uh, very, very entertaining and obviously a huge accomplishment for AEW to pull this off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, we'll see how they do the back-to-back weekend pay-per-views. That's like, you know, see if they can like keep it and see if, like, I guess the one thing that they don't want is one to just completely dwarf the other, you yeah. know, and you don't want to save the stuff because all in is sort of like a rarer thing. You mm-hmm. know, I guess maybe now it's going to become a yearly thing. You know, I, I guess that kind of upsets the sanctity of well, uh, and then after all out, less than a month later, we have Wrestle Dreams. Wrestle Dreams, so <laughs> yeah, we yeah. shall see. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'd give this show uh eight and a half out of ten. I think it's a pretty good rating. I'd say, yeah, it's definitely above an eight. There was yeah, nothing on the show that was bad by any means. You know, I think the women's match and the six man were the weaker matches, but they were still entertaining and fun. Yes. So yes. like no stinkers at all. Mm-hmm. Like you said, no match of the year candidates, but a lot, of, you know, a lot of matches in the four, two, five, four and a half range for sure. Yeah. And just a very, very fun, entertaining show that ended on a great note, you know, yeah. keeping you guessing, not knowing what the hell is going to happen, even up until the bitter end, you know, before the show even went off the air, it's like he could still clock him with the belt or something here, but it didn't happen. So, and a lot of intrigue coming out from specifically that storyline, especially, but, you know, hopefully the women's division may start ratcheting up a little bit. Like I said, Kenny Takeshita is going to be awesome. Um, so we'll see. I mean, full gear always ends up being one of the best shows of the year to me. Like, I feel yeah. like it is always every iteration of full gear has been awesome. 2021 probably being my favorite AEW pay-per-view with hangman winning the title. Um, so full gear is always a, a home run, but uh, yeah, we've got uh three more pay-per-views in the next three or one the next week and then two over the next two months. Yeah, yeah they're going to have, I mean, then wrestle wrestle dream is a month away from a less than a month away from this. So, yeah. So yeah, we're going to be inundated with it. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. We'll get our WWE on except for the AEW. Yeah. I guess payback is next week too. I think that's the Saturday before all out. So I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see in terms of covering it. Maybe we just, we do a, couple matches like we've kind of done in the past since we'll both be kind of out of town and doing shit but we'll as we said earlier hoping to be coming at you with a little more frequency this fall you know yeah, well, I mean, we'll definitely be doing because we got all out so we will be we'll be yeah. back at you and you know so we've been thrust back into the the the, the current of wrestling. Yeah, it'll probably be like midweek next week i would think probably. by the time we're probably, yeah, probably yeah because yeah we'll, we'll probably gonna be watching monday so yeah Yep, yep, yep. Well, it was a very fun show. Had fun watching with you, even though we were both a little cashed early on. But I think we got our second wins. We did. Um, yeah. Any uh, final thoughts here before we wrap it up? That was a very techo thing to say. It was, it was very. It was also that with the with the Steve Urkel kind of flair. <laughs> that's about, that's about it, buddy. Cool. All right. Rest in peace, Terry Funk and yes. Wyndham Rotunda. 
Um, yeah, that's all I got. See you yep. next week, baby. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, 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 uh. Ah.